remember. His mother's name was Lever, his widow says. Because the line comes from the mother in the Jewish faith, he could be classed as Jewish. Shipbuilding defined the Sunderland of Eddie Chapman's youth. Wherever you looked, the towering cranes could be seen, while the relentless noise from the shipyards assaulted the senses. Great names like Swan Hunter and Vosper Thornycroft employed thousands of local men. Sunderland had become the biggest shipbuilding centre in the country. But by Eddie's early teens there was a growing worldwide recession, while a flood of men returning home from the Great War had swelled the labour market. Nineteen shipyards had closed by 1930. A year later, 80% of nearby Jarrow's workforce was unemployed. Economic hardship soon started to bite. Mass unemployment all around Sunderland meant that Eddie's father was forced to find work as a fitter and take a drastic pay cut. As money became tighter, his parents had to cash in insurance policies and sell off family treasures like his father's gold watch. Of particular sadness to the teenage Eddie Chapman was the day when the piano, the focal point for family sing-songs, was sold. In 1927, the Chapmans had taken on a pub called the Clipper Ship in Roker Avenue. Aged only thirteen, Eddie was regularly serving dock workers and fishermen pints of beer. As was common in those days, no women were allowed to enter— Not that they would probably want to, for the pub was small and dirty. In the company of local seamen, Eddie learned to curse like a dockhand. Money, though, remained tight. Some days he would take his sister and brother to the seaside at Roker. He had to push the pram four miles there and back, as there wasn't enough money to take the tram. The depression turned Eddie's world upside down. He left school on his fourteenth birthday and plunged into the task of making an honest living. As he would later sardonically remark, earning a decent honest living was never going to be easy. To begin with, Eddie found work in the Sunderland shipyards, as his father had done before him and his brother was later to do. Within a few months, though, he was made redundant. His next employment was as a motor mechanic, where he often had to work until midnight. Feeling exploited, he went to a shipyard's office where an uncle worked, who helped him get a job as a wages clerk. He loathed it, and left the shipyard to work for the Sunder Forge and Electric Engineering Company, where to his chagrin his wages remained static at six shillings a week. At the time, unemployment was hitting Sunderland, in Eddie's phrase, like a sledgehammer. If he was able to work one week in three in 1930, he thought himself lucky. In those days, before the welfare state, the dole, unemployment benefit, lasted just six weeks. Each claimant would be means-tested, and if they were lucky, money might grudgingly be handed over. Perhaps these injustices incubated Eddie's growing contempt for the norms of society. He would later comment bitterly that the slums he saw in his native Sunderland were far worse than I had seen anywhere else in Europe, where the people were ill-fed and poorly clothed, and my own most lively memories of childhood had been of the cold misery of the dole.
Luckily, he was eligible to claim some benefit, but for this, he had to attend a special skills school, which he found a complete waste of time. Ironically, one of the skills taught was filing iron bars. When things were bad, Eddie was at the Dull School, says his brother Winston. He had one week at the Dull School, one week at work, but soon got fed up with it. Perhaps this frustration explains why Eddie ended up putting a fellow apprentice in hospital. He had learned how to box from a well-known bruiser who used to frequent the clipper ship. At the Dole School one day he got into a fight. His mother made him pay the compensation for the unfortunate fellow's injuries. In 1930, Eddie simply stopped attending the Dole School altogether. Each day he pretended he was going to the school, but instead cycled to the nearby coastal sands. There he would while away his days collecting beer and lemonade.